swamp drawer where all good produce goes to die. Dun, dun, dun. We couldn't afford it even when there weren't food shortages. We certainly can't afford it now. Recession-proof your grocery budget. Learn to grow the food your family eats without the weeds or the waste. For more information about my simple and easy container gardening course, where you will learn to save money by growing your own healthy organic fruits and vegetables, go to joyfulprepcontainergarden.com. Have you ever found yourself feeling out of control and overwhelmed with all the chaos in the world? As mothers, we're dealing with some pretty heavy stuff. Joyfully Prepared guides and reassures mothers that they can create a home of love, unity, and laughter, as well as produce an atmosphere of resourcefulness and resilience. I know a lot about a few things and a little about a lot of things. I'm your host, Wendy Birkin, and this is the Joyfully Prepared Podcast. This is Wendy Bergen, your host for the Joyfully Prepared podcast, and I have a special guest that I get to introduce to you. Her name is Jelaine Tompkins, and what makes her so special um, is that she survived not one, not two, but four hurricanes, and she's going to share with us her story about um, the hurricane's that she experienced while she was living on uh, Puerto Rico for a few years. Um, she, I'm going to let her introduce herself a little bit, but um, she and her family were living on Puerto Rico. What was it? Um, 2014 to 2017. Is that right? Yep. 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 And um, so two hurricanes went by her uh, Puerto Rico within what, two weeks, right? Irma and Maria. Yeah. Yes. And they were both category five. Yes. So that's what, yeah, they're both for category. I can go into details later, but yes, okay, we'll they're both category five hurricanes. Okay. So anyway, I'll, I'll, this is her five-year anniversary, survival anniversary. So yay. I know she's shaking her head. So anyway, welcome, Jelaine. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Sometimes I think that like I've, I I now live somewhere where we don't have hurricanes, right? So I am not not bringing any hurricanes anymore. After doing four in my life, I'm like, good, check that box I'm off. Done, I'm never done. want to do it. Right, bucket list check. <laughs> not that hurricane yeah. survival is a bucket list item, but you know, you now are it's an a, expert. It's the bucket list item you never want to put on, and <laughs> once you've done it, you're like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I don't need to ever have another one of those. Done dislike don't want to do again okay so um tell our listeners just a little bit about why you were on the island and who was with you as far as your family members on the island so we were on the island for my husband's job we were previously living in new jersey where i met the wonderful wendy bergen so (laughs) we have been friends for quite a few years Mm -hmm. uh and we transferred down there for his job And so we knew we'd be there about three to five years. Um, And we ended up being there only three and not because of the hurricane, but because it just so happened the next office, the office we wanted to get to had an opening. And so it ended up coinciding with Maria, but it didn't have to, it wasn't because of Maria. And, um, and so we end up now live, we now live in Arkansas. It's where family is. We love it here. It's beautiful. We love South. Um, but we were there for three years. And then while we were there, we moved there in 2014 with our four children. And I cannot remember the, how old they were. I know how old they are now, but I cannot remember how old they were then. <laughs> um, so don't ask me to break that down. We moved there in 2014. And then in 2016, we had our fifth baby in Puerto Rico. Okay. And she was the... Uh, we call her the little Boricua because somehow she like got osmosis of Puerto Rican culture and she is somehow very Latina. Wow. I don't know how it happened. There's <laughs> no Latina blood in me, but she comes out with the sass and the hips and the dancing moves of, of Boricua. So, um, yeah, so we lived down there and it was an adventure and we loved every minute of it. There were moments that, you know, are trying anywhere you live. 
Mm -hmm. um, because it's uncomfortable and it's not the same as what you may be used to or what you like. But at the end of the day, it was an awesome adventure. And I do not regret any minute of it down there. Even Maria. I don't regret that either. That's wonderful. So um, when your youngest, when the hurricanes came, she was about a year old then? Making me do math right now. Um, She was born in March 2016. So when that happened, she was about a year and a half old. A year and a half old. So she was little, 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 in diapers still then. Yes. That's a big deal. Yes. Um, it was super fun. <laughs> <laughs> I can only I can only imagine because um, car seats were involved and diapers. She was eating regular food by then, but still just having a little mm-hmm. baby dependent on you like that. Um, okay, so it's been it's like right now September 2022, and this is ex- like September 20th is when Maria struck. Puerto Rico in 2017, and then Irma was two weeks before that. Now, and what was the difference between the two hurricanes off the top of your mind? So it is wild to me to think about this in the perspective that I have now. Mm-hmm. Irma was scheduled to hit uh, around my now 11-year-old daughter's birthday. Mm-hmm. And then Irma, and we were prepared for the worst on Irma. Oh. So the funny thing, and I'm going to tell you a story that started with this. When we bought our house in Puerto Rico, the owner of the home said, we have not been hit by a major hurricane in 20 years. And he said, we're due. Oh. And I thought that was a really funny comment. And <laughs> But at the same time, very appropriate in this situation. It made me think like, okay, well, we need to be more aware of hurricane season, but in the two seasons before, they did everything just skated the island. And it depends on the currents and all these things that are happening, but they just, they would get to the island and they go north or they'd go south or, or they'd fizzle out and they'd, it wouldn't be a big deal at all. Um, so when Irma came through, I thought, I'm going to be ready for this. We did all the, we had a lot of build up time with Irma because Irma got to be a bigger hurricane earlier on in mm. from coming off the Cape of Africa. And so we saw it coming and we knew. And so a lot of us started to prepare early on. We dealt with shopping. Um, that's always fun. Costco, I've never in my life seen anything like it. Um, we did a lot of Costco shopping. I thought about what I was buying because in Puerto Rico, you can't actually do a lot of food storage. Um, the tropical weather, things go bad really fast. Mm-hmm. And so like food storage and things like that don't really exist. So I try to think about what are ways that I can make food quickly with minimal or no electricity. Okay. Um, and so we really try to think about that. And I really try to think about the the whole process of it. Now we did lose power, Irma. Mm-hmm. Irma, we're, I mean, the islands off the coast of Puerto Rico, all the upper Antilles and the lower Antilles, like some of them got slammed. So St. Thomas got slammed, St. Croix got slammed, um, and they were just decimated. We were very blessed that it skated Puerto Rico. It left what ended up happening, and that was, it was so amazing to see this at the same time, is that Puerto Rican anything they had prepped gave it to the island. They were prepared and ready to help the people. Well, St. Thomas doesn't have an actual water source on it, so they ship in all their water. Oh, wow. So there was a lot of things going on in moving parts. We had people coming over from St. Thomas, and, like, we ended up keeping some kids while a family totally went through the whole insurance thing. Um, Our church, like, somehow we got connected with people, and we took care of things and helped each other out. And we ended up getting some people that were in, they weren't in St. Thomas, there's another island over there. They came over and we ended up having some evacuees in our house Mm. um, before Maria. So the week before Maria, we ended up having two more people staying in our house while they tried to get off the island to go home. So they'd already gone through like two weeks of this and now they're stuck in our house. So in my house, there were, my family seven plus two. And so I was like trying to prepare for this. Now what I ended up doing after Maria or after Irma is some of the things that I could do 
there were people that were on that had private planes that were going back and forth, back and forth, just shipping stuff as much as possible. Mm. I was making food for some of these pilots with the food that I had in our house that I knew either was going to go bad because we were out of power. We tried to, we had a generator, but you still have to conserve energy. Um, So I was making things on a skillet because the skillet could be run off Mm -hmm. the generator power and wouldn't use too much. An Instapot is the most amazing thing to use. Oh, really? Um, because it can run off a generator with very little dent, like need for electricity. Because once it starts up, it just right. does its thing. Because um, you can't use a stove, can't use an oven. Um, we didn't have gas there just because it's not a common thing to have okay. a gas stove. Um, and then we cooked on the grill. And so that was pretty much my, I thought about how I prepped everything and where I could keep it cold and we have a deep freeze and those stay cold for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And so we try to keep that plugged in on like 24 hour increments. So the on and off and on and off that way we could maintain the cold and kept our food good the whole time. Um, it was really, and then I ended up just St. Thomas needs some things and I had time. Kids were in school. I had time. So I found where the needs where I could take the needs of people on St. Thomas and then fill them with what I could find on Puerto Rico. And we end up getting gas tanks and um, actually flat tire kits are one of the most in need things after hurricane. Wow. Really? It's not one of the, it's not one of the things you think about, no. but if you think about a hurricane and you think about all the down power lines and trees and everything like that, Mm-hmm. They were having major problems with flat tires on the cars while people tried to drive around. Wow. And so they asked for as many flat tire kits as we can give them. So I just went to the automotive section and grabbed a ton of stuff. It's not one of those things that you think about, but it's one of those things where you do need that in your kit. Um, some Something, if you're going to drive around post-hurricane. Wow. That I wouldn't, makes perfect sense, but never had I... I've been through a few hurricanes along with you up in New Jersey, but didn't ever have that, that kind of experience. But Maria was, you know, devastating. So that makes perfect sense. Wow. That's cool. Thank you. I haven't even gotten Maria. This is just Maria. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't gotten Maria. That was just Irma. Okay. (laughs) Well, let me ask quite quick too. I'm interested. You talked about you thought through your food and you came up with ideas of food you could um, fix and eat without power. What are a couple of examples of, of that, those foods? Um, so there's always, my husband brought in MREs after Maria and I was like, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. no, I, sorry, I'm a little bit more bougie than that. Um, if in a pinch, if in a pinch we were hungry, yes, there was a lot of granola bars. It was a lot of prepackaged foods that okay. we know could keep for longer, mm-hmm. um, that won't go bad. And then it was things that I knew we could, if they got warm, like if they got room temperature, it wouldn't be the end of the world. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't go, it wouldn't go rotten. So a lot of them, um, I made these things called arepas and it's made with just flour. You can just make them with just flour and water and butter. Mm-hmm. And they're like little corn pancakes. Oh. And I put some cheese and chicken in them. It mm-hmm. ends up, here's the thing. If you've got to use your food, you come up with ways to use food and make it stretch with a family. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I got really good at it. And so I made dozens and dozens of arepas because they were cheap and they were easy and I could just use cheese and chicken and it was a full meal in a little hand pocket. Right. And then I could give them out to everybody and give them out to kids. And it ended up being a really, really helpful um, food knowing I had to eat through this food we had in our house. Right. Um, so it wouldn't go bad. And we just, as it would thaw out, we would just eat it. Oh, okay. And that's, Basically, between the Instapot, the um, between the inst- and our generator, our generator honestly just saved us because yeah. we would run it on cycles with the uh-huh. refrigerator and the freezer. Mm-hmm. And so we knew if we could just keep things cold, which if you have kids, that could be like the most difficult thing ever to keep them <laughs> keep the refrigerator cold. Keep them out of the um, If we could just keep things cold for long enough, we could get our food to make it mm-hmm. until the next bit. Wow. Um, so 
when you're talking about thawing, these are foods that have been in the freezer and you ate out of your fridge to start with, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So we ate through the fridge first because obviously that's got the, lower, the shortest shelf life. And then mm-hmm. we ate through the freezer. Um, but at that point we were already, we made sure we went shopping for mm-hmm. all the prep work for Hurricane Maria or mm-hmm. Hurricane Irma. We did not buy things that were, um, you know where I'm going with this, <laughs> that would go bad. Right. So, so we you do go with a lot of fresh, fresh produce. I mean, fresh produce is good because, but if you like, if you have kids like mine, they're like, yeah, they yeah. eat through it anyway in a day, so there's really no point. <laughs> um, we didn't buy any fresh meats, limited okay. cheeses, things like that, where okay. it was things that could be warm and it would be fine. Interesting. What I love about this part, the story is that you, because this, I don't know why this tears me up because when I, especially when I see it in practice is that not only were you prepared for your family, but you were prepared and had the mental capacity to serve other people. And to me, that's really what preparedness is all about. Take care of yourself and your family first. And that relieves you of the stress of them, but then you can go out and alleviate the burden from others. And so I just think, the fact that you fed people and housed people, I, I'm I'm just so, well, for lack of a better word, I'm just really proud of you and your family for for being that way. I, it just I, that just is my whole um, foundation for the business that I own is to teach people to have a mental um, a, a mentality of self reliance, care for yourself, prepare for yourself, and then go out and serve other people. Yeah. I think you just have to go into this knowing there's no perfect way to be prepared. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much preparation you do. There's going to be, there's going to be something you're not prepared for. Right. Period. Like it doesn't matter. So if you are flexible and you can work with what you've got, mm-hmm. then when you're thrown a total wrench in your plan, it will be okay. You will be fine and you can change plans and you could move to do something different. Um, and I think that's probably Naturally, I feel like I am, I think my brain naturally goes there. Like mm-hmm. I am always prepared with a plan B, C, D through Z. Right. Like, right. I don't ever feel like I'm going to lose it something or that it's going to catch me too much by surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, this was, for lack of a better description, my wheelhouse <laughs> where in a crisis, I'm fine. Yeah, you are. You're good like that. But I still appreciate your example to me and to others that it it really is possible. Like you said, you kind of get smacked with a thing. You're like, mm, I didn't plan that, but, you know, pivot, if you will, and you figure it out the other way. You learn things. That's mm-hmm. good. Okay, so this is Irma. You've brought people in from St. Thomas and you're feeding pilots and handing out arepas, if, if I said that correctly. And um, you're da 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 da. And so, do you still have food and preparations ready for Maria? So, the, I think we gave away maybe half of what we had prepared. Most of it was like water bottles. Um, things that they needed, like mm-hmm. we gave away some food, but it was mainly like emergency pr- provisions, the things sure. that you can't survive without. Mm-hmm. And then we sent some treats over for some people. There was toilet paper. Toilet paper is a huge need. Mm-hmm. Um, I did crowdfunding through wonderful friends and people in the States. They were so good. Um, Amazon wish list, like I said, okay, you need this, and then I need you to ship it down to us Mm -hmm. um, through Amazon Prime. And so we took a lot of shipments that way, and I just delivered boxes and boxes in the the two weeks um, that went to the islands, which was, I mean, it was awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I think about it, we had two people in our house during Maria, extra people. But if I count the total amount of people that had evacuated, like the Virgin Islands, both the Dutch Virgin Islands, mm-hmm. British and American Virgin Islands. It was, I think there were eight. Oh, that came through your house. We had eight different. Mm-hmm, wow. They came through our house. One of them I've been in touch with since, um, but the others I haven't talked to, which, which is fine. Like, yeah. It's a fleeting part of life, but I'm really grateful. Like I could open up my home and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so did you go back out then and gather more water bottles, toilet paper, in anticipation of Maria? Yes. Good. <laughs> so I learned a little bit uh, from Irma. So we were more specific okay. on what we bought. Now, I can't really quite tell you exactly what we sure. bought. Um, but we, because we had nine people in our house, we thought about it very thoughtfully and we bought as much as we could at that point there was limitations on the water mm. um, you could buy from places um, toilet paper was good we weren't sure we did research there was so much that went into it mm -hmm. um, I had to buy a birthday cake and this sounds crazy but one of my kids birthdays fell when Maria hit Puerto Rico so that morning when Maria hit Puerto Rico it was his doing math in my head it was his fifth birthday. Mm -hmm. Hold on. He was born in 2012. Yeah, yeah, fifth birthday. There you go. So I went to Costco and I bought a cake, a little almond cake. Mm -hmm. And um, it's actually part of the story now. I have pictures of all this. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's something silly, but as a parent, like, yeah, we told him when he woke up that morning, we said, happy birthday. You got a hurricane. And he laughed, and, but we had like we had birthday sodas, and we played around. Um, I think unique to this is that so many houses in Puerto Rico are built different stateside. Mm -hmm. um, if you live in a hurricane ravaged area, you may see this more, but in there, they build concrete houses. They are concrete block from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. um, the roofs are concrete. Oh, wow. Everything is concrete. Um, so I felt very safe in my house during both hurricanes, mm -hmm. um, Maria being far worse. We, there were some things we didn't know about hurricanes that the locals, I wish would have said, Hey, dummy, go do this. Oh. Um, it would have saved us a lot of water leaks and things like that, that we had coming in windows. And, oh. um, my husband had to get out it during the eye of Maria mm -hmm. and block a bunch of our, um, downspouts because they were all blocked and we had like a pool on top of our roof oh, um yeah. but it was during the ice so it was like calm enough that he right. could get on the roof and go do it um but during the hurricane and actually during the hurricane we had more people in our house because some friends came over because her husband was out and he was like will you go over and hang out with the Tompkins oh. so we had our family seven plus their family of five, plus two, two. evacuees from St. Thomas. So mm. we had a house full during Maria. <laughs> Hurricane party. It was. It was total. And my kids thought it was great. I, I mean, they, they played did. around. I don't think any, we had the mood was pretty, it was pretty calm. Yeah. During the mm -hmm. hurricane, everybody just played. And mm -hmm. we were as prepared as we could be. There were moments where, there was a lot of towels being clean. Like we brought towels out because there was a little bit of flooding from leaking of the roof. And, um, but other than that, it was, we were very lucky where we live, where we felt so secure and safe. That's wonderful. So did you, so at what point of the day, was it daytime or nighttime when the, the heavy stuff started coming in from Maria? Um, that was about, if I remember right, it was about, it was the back half of the hurricane. So we got hit by the first bit of the hurricane early morning. Mm -hmm. It started up, we got the eye in late morning, and then we got slammed in the back half mm -hmm. of the day. But it wasn't night when all of it kind of subsided. I mean, it was light enough that we could go walk around. We could see the damage. Like, all the neighbors oh. were out. We looked at everything. Like, we walked around the neighborhood, and it was, okay. I mean, there were big gusts here and there, but it was So it was not, done by the end of the day? It, it was done by about 5 o'clock. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it moved right on through like, there. Yeah, we had 18 hours of a hurricane, though. It started early, early morning hours, like 2 a.m. Yeah. yeah. And then it went all the way through until about 5 o'clock, and it was it was intense. All There were so many trees that were down. Yeah. It broke concrete power poles. Like, it was amazing the power a hurricane could Oh, do. yeah. 
Well, but I think, I mean, I know, I hear what you're saying that it came in, it started in the early morning. Those, those nighttime hurricanes though, the, you just can't see anything and you can't, you know what I mean? You, you, you're just like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if there's something going on, that type of a thing. And so I like it when, if I'm going to have a natural disaster, I'd like it to be in the daytime. <laughs> I can see what's going to (laughs) happen. I was really grateful to have the daytime because we could see everything Mm -hmm. and we could see what was happening. Yeah. And it was a good thing for our kids to see all that and experience all that. But at the end of the day, they were fine. Now there was a whole thing happening. We had no clue about. So Maria knocked out cell signal Mm -hmm. power. Uh, So obviously power, water, sewer gone. Mm -hmm cell signal was gone. Right. Um, there was no way to communicate with anybody. Okay. At all. Okay. And what ended up happening is Maria went through the middle of the island. So there's a, a mountain range in the middle of the island. Uh-huh. Um, and the heaviest rain happened in the middle of the island. I have a friend that's a professor of geography uh-huh. down there. And she sent me some maps and things like that. If there's a map of how many landslides happened per kilometer, and it oh, was no. per kilometer, some areas were in the 80s, <gasps> 80 to 100 landslides in that area. Oh, my there was goodness. a ton of water going in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. We, where does that water got to go? Yeah. It's got to go out and yeah. off. Well, we lived um, about a mile off the beach. Okay. Um, we lived in this area that was probably once a floodplain. Okay. Um, they raised it up probably 16 to 20 feet. Um, but talking to people, we looked at floodplain maps. We looked at everything and we were on a 500 floodplain, 500 year floodplain map and it had never flooded. Okay. Like, you know, you're high enough. It's fine. You'll be good. And we were feeling great. So my husband's employer flew families off three days before, but that plane was full. I have a family of seven. We need space. Like we're going to take up some extra seats. So (laughs) we decided let's just stay here. Okay. We'll be fine. Like it's going to be okay. I had all of the confidence in the world. It was going to be fine. And in the end it was. Um, And so it wasn't wrong. It just, there was a lot more that happened during that time. Right. Right. So we looked at the floodplains. Everybody was fine. We take the cake over our friend's house across the street with all their boys. And so it's like a actual birthday celebration. So this kid doesn't have this horribly traumatic (laughs) day. And I remember sitting in her front. I remember sitting in the front and she had a couch that was right by the front window. And I Mm -hmm. remember looking outside and the ground was shiny. It's dark outside and there's lights from the houses that have generators that are okay. showing and okay. the ground looks shiny. And I'm like, I remember thinking that's weird. So I looked again, I realized there's water oh. on the road. It hasn't rained in hours. Oh no. Like it's coming hours. down the mountain. What we learned later, mm-hmm. well, there are so many things. This is so like, this is the traumatic part to me when I think okay. about it. Um, we then grabbed our kids, ran across the street, and went home because the water was rising fast. Oh. Um, it was like really fast. And like we were standing there and it was moving up. So the water is coming up from the sewers. Oh. Because it's filled up the land behind us and we didn't right. know it. It's oh. coming up through the sewers and it's now filling our neighborhood. Now, remember, oh, no. we have no sewer either. Yeah. So people are still using their toilets because yeah. they have cisterns on top of their house. They're still flushing toilets, yes. but they're not going anywhere. So this is the nasty, 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 no. nasty. And I, but we grabbed our kids and go, we didn't realize what was quite happening yeah, at the time. Understand. We get home and we get everybody in bed. We act like it's normal. And my husband and our uh, refugees, for lack of a better mm-hmm. term, we start planning because we don't know where this water is going to stop. Sure. We had a kayak, two paddle boards, and we're like, okay, well, and we've got dogs and we've got all these things. And we're like, okay, what are we going to do? And we said, okay, let's put our fork. We'll put our, we'll put our 
bigger kids here, or we'll put our bigger kids on the paddleboard. We'll put our refugees here. We'll put the kids here. And then we'll just hope that if something happens, we'll tie it to the house. And then hopefully it keeps us mm-hmm. from floating out to sea. Cause I mean, we live a mile from the ocean, so you're going to go somewhere. So like we moved everything up on the roof. It's raining a little bit at this point, but it's not crazy. And the water's just rising. And I never in my life have I bargained with God. Like I bargained. Oh. Oh. And um, my teenager, now my 17 year old, my 12 year old at the time was watching this and I'm on my hands and knees, just like, this is completely out of my control. There's no way you can prepare for this. There's nothing scarier than knowing you are now on an island, on an island. Because what happened was there was a river that was created that went through the town beside us. And the river from the water flowing out to the ocean was on the other side of us. And really, we had no way to leave. We were literally trapped. The only way we knew that is from the walkie-talkies between the husbands where they were and all the people that lived in our community that we knew they all worked for the federal government and they were talking between walkie talkies and somebody that was farther up, that was higher up in elevation went out and they said, we can't leave. It's going like 30 miles an hour out to the ocean, 40 oh, miles wow. an hour. I mean, it is screaming. Oh, past wow. Took out a bridge, took out a huge amounts of things. And I just remember thinking like, Heavenly Father, please, whatever you do. And I remember this prayer. I'm like, whatever you do, if you can make this water stop, I will do whatever I can when I get off the island to save the people that need me. I don't, right. I don't know what I have to do. Just, right. just make it stop. Mm-hmm. And about 1.30 in the morning, it stopped. Wow. And it got about five feet from our front door. Wow. Um, it did flood houses in our neighborhood. Um but we still weren't unaware of the absolute damage that it had done behind us. Mm. And the next day when we were walking around our kids and all the floodwaters had subsided, um, National Guard helicopters flew over us checking to see if we were okay. But behind us, less than a half mile away, families perished, like <sighs> entire families. Oh, no. And they were saving people off their rooftops. Right. And... I have never thought like at that point I was like, okay, okay. Like Mm -hmm. this is bad. So what ended up happening Mm -hmm. is there's a river that was about 12 miles from us. Mm -hmm. 12. That's a big number. Mm -hmm. 12 miles from us that um, what had happened is that somebody had to open the dams. There were two dams that ran the river that went down through it. Mm Mm-hmm. And somebody had opened the top dam, but because there's no communication, they didn't open the bottom. And so they didn't do the floodwaters correctly. And because of that, they had to open the floodgates completely on the bottom one. Now, the highest that river had ever flooded was like 25.9 feet. And it flooded at 72.8. Oh, my gosh. So that's an extra 50 feet of water that flooded all the farmland behind us. And so when our neighborhood flooded, everything that was lower than us was underwater. Oh my gosh. And, um, it's still, my 12 year old was traumatized for a long time watching Mm -hmm. her parents panic because truly it was a panicky moment. Even my husband, who's calm as a cucumber, was like, yeah. this is bad, Jelaine. This wow. is really bad. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It is. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, he and I were just holding hands. And the moment that the water started going down, we uh-huh. were like, I just remember bawling my eyes out. Yeah, I bet. And just like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be okay. Like, we're going to be fine. Right. And I just think of the families that weren't. It just makes me really grateful that um, we were. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Wow. That I can see why that's so traumatizing. I didn't, I didn't realize that that was a whole, a whole thing. I remember, I think um, you were communicating on Facebook, I think for a little while, and then you lost power and everything, but I didn't realize all that. So 
Now your uh, your house it was was it damaged at all or just the water that kind of trickled in leaking? We had some damages from that. It cost a couple hundred dollars to fix that, and we had uh, a fifty dollar lid that we had to replace on our cistern, and that was it. Wow, <laughs> that was oh, it. That's amazing. Wow. I don't- <laughs> It was a fortress. I will forever love that house. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's the kind of house I want. <laughs> wow. Okay, so this happens. Um, you're there, and you take the kids, and you leave, and you leave your husband behind. Is that right? Yeah. So three days later, so we were on. So remember, no cell service. Right. No. So we have to wait. We know this plane is coming. Mm-hmm. So here's in. If anybody understands Puerto Rican fashion, this is not me being a jerk or saying anything mean. Uh-huh. There was no airport tower. So there was no air traffic control in Puerto Rico because they for, they didn't do the maintenance on the generator or the backup generator. Oh, wow. So traffic control is being run through Miami. Oh. Miami said, we don't have time to run your air traffic control. So we're only going to let... I mean, it was probably some different way that they said that. Right. But basically, they said commercial planes, we can't do that. Okay. You can do private or government planes. That's all okay. that's going to fly in right now. Okay. Um, and um, so we knew there was this plane coming. We didn't know when. Um, we were on cell blackout. And at some point, somebody realized we could get cell service from the top, from the roof in this two-foot space on their roof. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> so we climbed up on their roof and sure. we contacted who we could. My mom said, I've never cried so hard in my life. Aww. When you went on blackout for three days, like Aww. we didn't know. In the middle of the hurricane I, or in the middle of the flooding, I got self-service laying on my bed and I was texting friends. Wow. And they were asking me how I was doing. And I used an expletive. I'm yeah. generally not a... yeah a that kind of person but i used one i said i'm scared out of my mind for like yeah 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 and it that was it that was the literally the last communication they got from me and so i think that was the hardest part was the non-communication knowing people are worrying about you Mm -hmm. Um, but it was the whole island and then like i think google sent down some ways to communicate and they did i mean it really helped the island but cell towers were decimated yeah i was gonna say and you don't realize how dependent you are on things until they're gone yeah isn't that amazing you can't imagine you you just can't almost can't prepare for things like that because you don't realize what you're gonna miss until it's gone and i mean in the u.s even when we have things like this you still have self service Mm -hmm. typically somewhere you could go a few hundred miles away and you have power and everything we were, on a, we were on a 40 by a hundred mile island. Wow. You take away something, it's water. Like there's nowhere you're going to go to find anything. Wow. And so it was a lot of trading between families. Like if you needed something. Um, so three days later, I knew my husband's work was going to send a plane down. Okay. Uh, and they said, okay, we're going to fly you to Virginia. You have to figure out where you're going to go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew they didn't knowing what I knew ahead of it going into this. I need to plan food. I did the smartest thing ever before mm-hmm. Maria. I put everything together. Okay. Or maybe not necessarily before Maria, but during the prep work, I put mm-hmm. everything I had together. I put birth certificates and deeds and oh. any documentation ever. And I put it in a neat folder dogs. I mean, we were taking our dogs off the island. So I knew I need their vet records. Um, I had everything in this book and somebody commented on, they're like, wow, you're really organized. And I'm like, no, I just know, like, Mm -hmm. if I got to get my kids in school, when we go back to where we're going to go, I knew this was all things that they were going to ask for. So I had medical, I had like shot records. I had everything under the sun, my passport, like I, I even had stuff like if Conrad had to sign something, like I had stuff that he could have. And then, um, mm-hmm. we, yeah. And that was wow. it. And then they flew us off. So what, 
let me ask this question because I always uh, like I'm listening to you. I'm like soaking it in because I love to learn from other people's experiences. So if you were going to give me, um, you talked about the flat tire kits, food, documents, um, you can't, you couldn't have foreseen the flooding coming off the mountain. That was just, that was just one of those, you know, outliers that you never would have considered you and you did cause you didn't know, you didn't know what you didn't know. Right. Mm-mm. So what can I learn from you other than the, these things that I'm listening to what you're saying? What can, what can I learn from you? From you? What would you say? And, or my listeners as well? What, what do you think we should learn from you? I, I really loved what you said earlier about like preparation kind of like releases the stress on mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. I watched my friends who I thought were pretty strong women mm-hmm. crumble, mm. like crumble in this crisis. And yeah. I was like, what is wrong with you? Like oh. they could not get plane tickets to go wow. home. I was wow. in addition to like getting my plane tickets to go home. I was also buying theirs because oh, wow. they just shut down. Wow. And I think it, I think preparation is not a, just a physical thing. It's an emotional thing. Mm -hmm. Like strength is not being able to lift something. It's being able to say, okay, I can't panic right now. Like what needs to be done? Like it's a, a, the ability to prioritize the Mm -hmm. most important things. Mm -hmm. And that way you don't spend time on things that don't matter. Um, And that in the end, you're not like, you're going to look at it and wish, I wish I would have done this different. Right. Um, I think when I look at this, there were so many things that prepared me for it. I, people that came into my life that were absolutely instrumental, um, use the people around you. Mm-hmm. We got, I think one of the coolest things I ever did to date happened after Maria. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to call it one of the coolest things. Okay. We got flown off on this government airplane. Yeah. We got to Richmond, Virginia, mm-hmm. and then they said, we're going to put you in a hotel, but you got to figure out where you're going to go. You have three days. Okay. Um, okay, cool. Like that to me, I'm like, okay, I got, time. I got time to breathe. I've got time to figure this out. One of the husbands call, got a hold of their wife. I hadn't talked to my husband. He was, it ended up, he ended up doing a really, really cool things because he's similar to me. And then in a crisis, he is the man you want running things. That's nice. He just does really well in a crisis. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the husbands said, we don't have chainsaws. We can't get to them. Oh. We have no way to get people out. Cause now at this point, their job is humanitarian. It's, it's right. search and rescue. It's, right. They've got all this manpower. They got to figure out how to do this. Mm-hmm. We were like, okay. So I felt compelled to put mm-hmm. it on the internet to say, Hey, we're shopping for chainsaws in the morning. I would love donations so we can send each of our husbands chainsaw. I mean, we we're going to buy them anyway. So right. we we're the three of us. There were three women. Mm-hmm. We were going to buy like four chainsaws and move on. Mm-hmm. Um, when I woke up in the morning, there was $2,000 in my Venmo. Account. Wow. And I thought, okay, cool. So we bought chainsaws. And then while I was there, somebody else called me that had helped me in Irma. And mm. he said, buy what you need and I'll reimburse the rest. Oh, wow. We ended up buying $8,000 in chainsaws and all of the stuff that you need in chainsaws. It's six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. These chainsaws, like steel chainsaws. Yeah. Those are nice. With new chains, Mm -hmm. oil, gas cans. I mean, literally everything. And then the guy that had said he'd reimburse me, um, he's, he walked me through post Arma on uh-huh. what he learned. Wow. How to do this well. And he said, you assign a chainsaw to that one person, and then it has to be returned to that person. Right. And like he walked me through so many other things. Like I still have it somewhere in my journal of everything he walked me through from wow. financial to everything. So we did these eight thousand dollars in chainsaws, and then we rolled back into where the airplane was because mm-hmm. I had gotten a hold of the guy that ran the whole thing, and mm-hmm. we delivered it. And he goes, "How did you do that so fast?" Wow! 
And it got down to our husbands. We took cash out because everything was on cash. Sure. We took hundreds of dollars of cash out to drop mm-hmm. to our husbands. Mm-hmm. And just so they could be able to buy food and refill the gas tank for propane. And there was just so many intricacies that the women behind the scenes were absolute driving force of. And wow. their husbands just could do their jobs. Wow. And um, that was it's still one of the coolest things in my life. That's really. And to have resources, mentors, people with experience, like your friend, I'm sitting here kind of jealous of you that you know this person. Cause I'm like, I want to know him because those are the people who teach you and they, they're so kind and they just walk you step by step because they, they know what's going on. That's, that's a blessing. There are times when your mom with young kids you don't really understand the the influence and the power you have. Yes. And I think preparation and then going into this allowed me to harness things I was really good at doing. Mm. And I think that's a really important part of preparation. Like it allows you to really be who you were meant to be. Yeah. And there's huge parts of me that are cemented in what happened after Maria. Absolutely. And I didn't understand that at the time. And now, of course, I do. Cause it's all right. But, um, I never thought that I would tell a CEO of a company, your airplane is not going to go there. You have to go fly it over there because I promised them you were going to go pick them up. So go right. pick them up. And they <laughs> did what I said, like, good for you. Like there's things that I was like, never in my life did I think that I would do that. But now I'm like, no big deal. <laughs> And, and, you know, and I'm piecing things together and I'm hearing you say, you're talking about the preparation, the, the food, you know, the bread, the arepas, arepas, you know, I know I'm like, I'm going to have to find a recipe for one of these things and make it and, and you post live it. In Florida, go and, yourself on. there's lots of people that make them down there. I'll have to go figure that out. I need to. And a, a, a repa specialist. Yes, um, I do. I need to have one. Um, so you, you know, on the we talk about food storage, and that's kind of like baseline preparations in a lot of ways. And so you were you were there with that, but at the same time, you had to be mindful of your children in all of this, trying to, you know, kind of squash your own fear and and create a birthday happy birthday experience for another child, right? And then you've got refugees coming in. You're working with other people on other islands. I mean, you you really networked a lot in in, in this whole experience as well, working with your husband, neighbors. And, you know, you were able to serve other people and you were able to be, um, we, we just never understand uh, in, in our world, we, we, we are very important. Each, each one of us sings our own song and you needed to be in Puerto Rico at that time so that you could serve those people when the time came and you knew how to serve them. You had a love for those people and your family was well protected and and you could then turn around and use that energy to go back out to the people of Puerto Rico, your husband and workers and whatnot. And, you know, so these skills that we learn throughout our lives, these events of our lives, I'm, I'm coming to this um, conclusion or I'm, I'm in the process of a conclusion. I guess it won't end until I die, but um, <laughs> that, you know, we're giving these, given these hard, these hard experiences, things that we don't want. We don't want a hurricane. We don't want a death in the family. We don't want health things, but these experiences expose us to who we truly are, the strength that we have in us. And it exposes our weaknesses to some degree, but then we somehow manage to work through them and the strength becomes I mean, the weakness becomes a strength only because of that experience. And now um, I, I, your, your children are stronger for it. Your husband is stronger for it. You are in a lot of different ways. And I think that we need to be great. Well, it's not, I think we need to be grateful in these experiences because at the other end, we will survive. Well, you know what I'm saying? There, yeah. there, we will get through these things. 
And, and then can we look back and go like you, you're like, I did this thing. And then I got to do all these things. And now look at me now I'm doing this thing. And based on that experience in Puerto Rico, I think it's wonderful. I think it's just absolutely fantastic. There are things that I didn't do well, like, of course. And, I could, and I could sit back and I could be really upset over it. Right. Um, my brother-in-law, when I was home, mm-hmm. I remember I made the bargain with God about some things and I felt very obligated. Right. And like, well, don't forget your family. My kids were, the oldest ones were struggling. The youngest ones didn't care. They were like, the younger three were like, older two, the oldest had a very hard time. Yeah. Because in her mind, it was one way and it took years. Mm. I mean, years for us to get her to break out of this really traumatized mold. Sure. Because she did not have the same perspective that I had in that. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's 12. You right. can't expect a 12 year old to act well. And we, it's been really good because I told her and I said, I need you to understand God's given you some of these really thing, these really hard things to stretch you mm-hmm. and to really make you understand. And it's okay to have these feelings, but we got to work through them. Absolutely. And so for her, it was building like not seeing things as they are, but what they could be mm-hmm. and what you make of them. That's right. And that's been a really big learning experience for her. We end up having to take her back down to Puerto Rico. We took all the kids back down to Puerto Rico last spring. Oh, good. We took them down January after Maria to pack okay. up our house and move, but it was three weeks and it's fast and furious and mm-hmm. it probably didn't do it justice. Right. Um, we took them down last spring where we got to show them the island like, the island is okay. Right. You right. can heal too. Right. And at the end of the day, she, that was probably the most healing experience for Aww. her ever. Um, returning her back to where she could see it and she could have a good experience. Cause she was just remembering all the bad things. And sure. we're like, honey, there were so many good things about that yeah. island that it was this 36 hours that was rough. And the rest yeah. of it was really good. Right. Um, and like, I can go around, but at the end of the day, I'm really happy with how it turned out. Right. And right. it doesn't mean it turned out the way I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. It just means that it happened the way it needed it to. There like I needed it to, my family needed it to. Um, I had a friend, she drove up from, I can't remember where she was. She was in Virginia. She drove up to Richmond when we flew in. She'd been the first families six days earlier to fly mm-hmm. off mm-hmm. and she flew up to support us. Aww. The two friends, they, they came in and they came in to support us and I went to her hotel room one day Yeah, and she was sitting there bawling her eyes out. Aww. And she said, I came up here to support you and I thought you needed me and you don't need me at all. Aww. And I was like, do you know whose face I looked at when I got off that plane after being just done, done, Mm-hmm. It was yours. Like, yeah. had I not seen that, I it kept me going where I'm like, Aww. you're loved and adored. And so I think that when you think about preparation, you think about crisis and you think about all this, people are the things that matter more than anything. Like people can take care of you. People can support you. They can love you. They can hug you. They can let you cry. They can cry for you or with you. They can give you money. Like, at the end of the day, we all have give and takes that we can do in mm-hmm. this. And there is not a day that goes by of the hundreds of people that donated mm-hmm. or prayers of thousands on our, millions, millions on our behalf. Right. right. Like you can feel them. You know that they're there. And I remember getting really mad at one point, And this is probably my low point. Mm-hmm. And that people would say, hey, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm like, Hers don't fix things. And I know that sounds really horrible, but like when you're watching things and they're not changing, yeah, because you know, there's a need that needs to be filled financially or physically. Mm -hmm. And somebody offers you a prayer. It irritates you like bad. And I had survivor's guilt and there's all these emotions. They're all over the place. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where the survivor's guilt came in, where I was like, prayers don't fix things. 
Um, and I had a really bad Facebook post that I later deleted, which I deleted. Um, (laughs) but like, you have to give people grace. You You do grace and all this. Like sometimes we mess up a lot. We screw up across. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we're not prepared. Like some of my girlfriends were, they Mm -hmm. don't do well. Like I could have been like, I can't believe you're doing this. Instead of like, let's sit down and let's get you your airplane tickets. Right, right. Let's put you two on the same airplane. That way you can support each other on exactly. that airplane at home. Yeah, yeah. So there's things to always be done, but you need people beside you right, to make it better. That's so, very, that's, that's, that, I appreciate you adding that uh, to this and, and making sure that, you know, like you learned, and I think we have opportunities to learn, quite frankly, every day, that people, it's not just that they're doing their best that they can, it's that their best may not be your best. And like you said, you have to give them a little bit of leeway, a little bit of grace, and let them and and support them as well. And know that they're trying to make decisions to make themselves happy. And that may not be your decision. That may not be your way, your strategy, or your expectation. And we just need to breathe, maybe eat a piece of chocolate, and then move on. I think it's funny. My friend that was crying on the bed, I brought uh-huh. a chocolate covered mango that I had brought with me and I was Aww. like, here, eat some chocolate. And she laughed <laughs> so hard. And then we all went to dinner because we realized we hadn't eaten a meal, uh, a real meal. Right. For two days. We're days, like, yeah. All the kids were going to go eat food. Right. That's wonderful. Well, I, I'm just, one last question is what do you miss most about Puerto Rico? Oh, uh, is it one thing? Just one thing. Just oh. one. <laughs> um, I could be really, I could be really typical and say I miss the beach. I do. Yeah. I love the ocean and the sunsets. Right. I, um, I think I miss the people. Yeah. Um, I had a really good experience there where they were very warm and they were Lovely. very kind and they good. were wonderful. Yeah. And um not everybody has that same experience. Yeah. But for me, mm-hmm. they were my family. Aww. As much as somebody that was a native from the mainland. And yeah. there are friends down there that I cherish forever. 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 And one of the people, so I got people off on airplanes after mm-hmm. I say this is a like a side story, but <laughs> um I got somebody's grandparents off the island that needed to get off the island because they didn't have medicine and they, they oh. just, there's nothing. There's right, nothing. Right. And uh, later you're in Washington, DC. And that aunt was there that the grandparents live with now. And they introduced me to her and they said, this is who got Abuelo and Abuelo off. Mm-hmm. And that woman looked at me, grabbed me by the shoulder, said, mi casa es su casa. and hugged me. And I had a friend that said, do you know what just happened? And I was like, no. And they Uh, said, literally, if you walked in their house any day, they would welcome you with open arms because like, that's the highest honor in Puerto Rican culture, I guess. Isn't that wonderful? And um, yeah, we've got tons of stories of craziness that happened. My Mm -hmm. husband's got stories that will make me bawl my eyes out. Like oh. I can't even like thinking about them. Cry. Um, oh my goodness. I've just post Maria stories that yeah. happen because people were prepared, whether it's by your job or whether it's by food or just delivering a need um, wow. or being smart enough to recognize I can put this and this together, mm-hmm. A and B together to make C. Right. Right. Because not everybody can do that in a crisis. That's and true. So, um, I will forever be grateful. You guys need to write a book, Post Maria Stories. You're like the 18th person to tell me this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I don't want time to write a book. Just put it, just record it on like this. Just re- make, just record it so you don't have to, you don't have to write anything. Just talk it out first. It's easy well, to Wendy, do Well, Wendy, I'm going to ask for your podcast so we can just start with this and move on. That's perfect. You'll ha- you can have it. No problem. Well, I'm really grateful that you, I, and I'm sure you could come on and tell me more stuff because I was like, you said a couple things here and there and I'm like, I need to know that and I need to know that. But so maybe we'll, we'll talk about 
doing another one sometime later, but I really appreciate your point of view. I appreciate your willingness to, to share it. And, um, I'm, I'm happy for you that you had this experience and that it was, you allowed it to be life-changing in a very good way and for your children too. Yeah. I did not want this experience. No. Mm -mm. Did not want it. Did not want it. I do not regret what came from it. Exactly. And I think it's hard and it sucks. Yep. But when you walk away, here we are five years later, which I can't believe we're five years later. Like it feels like it, there's moments it feels like a lifetime ago. And then moments it feels like yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Um, I, I think it really helped me find my worth as a woman. Yeah. In that I was more than just a mother. Yeah. And I think for sometimes these really hard things that happen to us are things that prepare us for something else absolutely, um, and prepare us for the next step of whatever we have to find, because mm-hmm. we have to find ourselves and our power in our worth. Um, it was a huge step in that. And it really guided me forward on the next thing that I developed and, or the next thing I learned, because suddenly I was thrown into something that I didn't know I needed. Yeah. And I think that's what crises do sometimes is that they deliver something you didn't know you need and you walk away at the end going, well, that sucked. Yeah. But I'm glad it happened. Yeah. Because look where I am now. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I hope that, you know, whatever the next one is that comes up for either one of us or anybody who's listening, you know, I know Jelaine's like, um, so I'm done with crises now. I've bagged my quota, so I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, you're not. You know you're not. (laughs) Uh, No, I feel like God's like, she can handle it. We'll give her a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. She'll be fine. She'll deliver. It's good. It's good. We got it. We got it under control. But, you know, and and I'm sure at the time, I mean, I've been in my own personal, um, crises as well but um you know it's hard to remember to be grateful to think that everything will be okay we're going to make it through all is well um but to come out of it you know know, cliche better not bitter that's a that's a really big deal and to to be grateful for for everything that that you were able to experience i think it's a it's a an amazing example to us all thank you just You're so welcome. anybody that's listening, it's okay to be bitter for a little bit. You go through <laughs> stages of grief. Yeah. There's real, when you go through crisis or mm-hmm. things where you have to prepare majorly, like you go through stages of grief because something yes. in it has died, whether yes. it's actual people. I don't mean that jokingly, but it's, or the life that you thought you had. Right. Right. And so like, I totally went through stages of grief. Sure. My kids all did too, which and my husband did, but his was way delayed because he, it wasn't until he came back, right. That he went through it. And I think it's, um, I think you have to give yourself like space to make sure that you don't have to do it all right. Yeah. And you don't have to prepare it all right. And mm-hmm. you can just like say, all right, that's right. I'm going to do the best I can and that's I'm going right. to walk away. And right now I'm mad. And right now I'm mad and that's okay. And there's times I got mad and And that's okay. Don't write on Facebook. You don't, maybe not, not express that to all the people. Write it in your journal, but don't put it in like. Right. Social form. (laughs) (laughs) Learn from learning. That's key learning on preparation. Don't put it in in your mad and you're angry and you got lots of emotions. Don't put it. There you go. Don't put it it, in a public form. Keep it to yourself. Right. I think, I think that's um, a brilliant, I think it's, God, God will walk with you in your mad and your sad and your, your happy, all the things. Um, and you're allowed to be all of those things too. You're, you're not, you're not a failure. If you're mad for longer than the other person, you just get to feel the feelings and then move on. Yep. Yep. So, well, that's a, that's a, a nice place to, and I think I appreciate your counsel and I'm just really grateful again for you sharing. Like I said, we could obviously just keep talking, but I don't, 
you probably have things to do, people to take care of. And I think I do too. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much. And um, we uh, just really appreciate it. So thanks. Welcome. To everybody out there, may you handle your crisis to the best of your ability. There you go. Thank you. All right. Everybody have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to Joyfully Prepared. I'm grateful for you and appreciate you inviting me into your life. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about this delightful podcast. Leaving a joyful review would earn you all sorts of karma points too. I invite you to join my free Facebook group at www.joyfulprepgroup.com and join with other like-minded mothers.